Welcome to Coffee Break with K.A. and Dana. We're brought to you by the Lesbian Talk Show. I'm K.A., a lesbian romance author, and in my past life, a counselor and a social worker. And I'm Dana, an avid reader, coffee connoisseur, recovering alcoholic, and a graduate of the School of Hard Knocks. Grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us for a meaningful conversation from a lesbian perspective. According to the Me Too movement, 17,700 women have reported sexual assault since 1998. Founded in 2006 to help survivors of sexual violence, the movement began with grassroots work, expanding to reach a global community. In 2015, a survey by the National Center for Transgender Equality found that people who identify as LGBTQ are at greater risk of sexual violence. 44% of lesbians and 61% of bisexual women experience rape, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner, compared with 35% of heterosexual women. In this episode, K.A. and Dana will discuss the topic of sexual violence in our community with focus on resources and survival. Okay, so I know without asking that you've heard of the Me Too movement. Oh, absolutely. Who hasn't? Yeah, right. You pretty much have to be stuck on an island with no communication to have not heard of them. So in doing research for this episode, uh, it, it was pretty clear to me that that organization grew leaps and bounds as a result of their hashtag Me Too uh, going viral on Twitter. And I'm... You know, I was thinking we we wouldn't spotlight them exactly. I mean, they're not what this show is about. Um, but I like that they they exist, and yet I don't. Because the fact they exist means so many women. I mean, not and I'm not even, you know, I'm not even sure. Do you know if they represent guys too or is it just women me too? There's some guys too. Yeah, so, well, a heck of a lot of women in there and whatever guys. I mean, that the fact they exist just is kind of sad for me. Um, it is sad, but it's also fabulous because I think it, it was just like a snowball effect. And each time more and more women were like, well, you know, me too. And I think it, it took off unfortunately, because there have been so many women that have been victimized by men and maybe by some women. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's not just one, one gender that victimizes others. And, and um, you know, the sad fact is uh, LGBTQ people are you know, are at greater risk and have higher numbers, um, which means lesbians have higher numbers. Um, and so, anyway, I I was I was going to try to try to keep us as positive as we 
we could today, but the reality is that is that's just a sad fact. And and um, other than more resources and visibility, I don't know what in the world you do about it. I think the visibility has really helped. I mean, you know, you've taken people across the world and brought them together under this umbrella, and I think that's fabulous. It's better than some of the other umbrellas we've been brought under. It, it is. So I was doing just a, a little bit of prep for this episode. I didn't need to do a lot. Um, um, anyone who's looked at my website or knows me knows that I spent a career working in child protection. So um, victimization was my business, not doing it, but uh, protecting from victimization. Um, that was my business. So anyway, um, my focus during my career was on kids, but you can't help but be aware of adults who are victimized too um, when when you, you work with that population. So anyway, um, what I found, I so I was doing some research on why the LGBTQ numbers are higher. Um, and I wasn't surprised, but I'll just throw it out there and then we'll see where we go. So what I found was um, bias and discrimination play a part in that. Um, not a surprise. And secrecy and alienation play an equal part in that. I guess that's not a surprise either. Nope. You know, and I think it starts at a younger age, the victimization of, of lesbians because men want to control us and, you know, we're like, we don't need you. We are happy in a relationship with another woman. And that by no means means I hate men. I've raised two of them. I'm just saying that for a romantic relationship, we don't need a man, and I think that upsets them. And then the vi- the lesbians get victimized. You know, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right about that. There is this there is this thing with guys that, um, with regard to uh, lesbians, they just think you haven't found the right man. Um, that what you need is a good man. Um, <laughs> which shows really how little they know. But but uh, I'm sure that that's a piece of why we have higher numbers. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, trying to force us um, into the straight mold. Um, that, you know, and the other thing is, you know, even if you just think about sexual assault across heterosexual and homosexual um, categories, offenders seek out people who don't have strong support systems. I mean, whether you're whoever you are, whether you're a a teen or a a child or a lesbian or a, a woman who's being abused in a domestic violence situation, whoever you are. If you don't have a strong support system, you're ric- you have risk factors that others who have that strong system don't. I would agree with that. I think that um, people who have a support system have 
a greater, I don't want to say a greater self-esteem, but a maybe a greater awareness of self, which does not help buy into the assaults. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they do have better self-esteem and probably um, are more self-aware. And, and also, those around them care enough to be aware of what's going on. Um, and so offenders don't seek out that population, which I suppose, to reduce your risk then, you try to pull in uh, other people, you know, and and we do that in our community. We find people who aren't blood relatives, but they become our family. Absolutely. You know, I've always I've always said water seeks its own level. And and I think that's we go out and look for that once we recognize it in ourselves. We want to be around others who think the way the way we do and um have the same values as far as our sexuality goes. Yeah, yeah, people that we're comfortable with who can uh, you know, who can get our world and and uh, share some things that, that you know with we do, that we do. So the other thing I know you, I know you're going to agree with this, but I'm interested to hear what you thought. So the other thing I found um like like um Beyond behind the the bias, discrimination, secrecy, and alienation in terms of why we have higher numbers was alcohol and drugs. Well, of course, I think um, that we do have a high rate of uh, addiction in lesbians, and I can only speak for myself. As soon as I knew I was different. I was taught I had to hide that. And the way I could hide it was with drugs and alcohol, which also left me open to be vulnerable with the wrong people. Because they they understood that, you know, if I was so drunk that they could do whatever they wanted and I wouldn't fight them. So I think, you know, for me that the drugs and the alcohol did not help my abuse situation. Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, I didn't research it, but I wouldn't be surprised if alcohol and drugs are pretty high for the uh, straight folks as well who are victimized. You know, and that kind of takes me to that uh, young little boy that committed. So he was nine and he committed suicide because he came out to his class. And people are saying, you know, how could you know you were uh, gay at age of nine? But the bigger question is, is all of those people that were bullying him, how did they know to bully at age nine? Where is that coming from? Well, absolutely. I mean, well, and, and you, let's face it, you know, at age nine, many of us know at age nine, you may or may not absolutely. acknowledge it at age nine. Or understand you, it. Or understand it. Um, I mean, my goodness, you may have known at age nine and not not acknowledged it and, and accepted yourself for who you were till age 25, but 30 or 32 or 32. But let's <laughs> face it. We know. I mean, we do. We know. Well, and I'm going to say that some people know by age nine, and there may be some that don't, you know, I really believe that sexuality is, is fluid and you may be, feel straight for the first part of your life until you meet that one person 
that absolutely flips your world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so see, I mean, that's different perspectives because I think um, that you may not be aware of it till that point because no one has flipped your world. But the fact no one has flipped your world really in and of itself says something. Well, true. I, I, I just, for me, I believe that sexuality is fluid. And, um, and I, while I don't, you know, I'm not bisexual, I don't have a problem with the bisexual community. I don't think they're confused. I don't think that they have anything wrong with them. They're just being their own person and they're having some fluidity with their sexuality. And that is completely their choice. Yeah, when you use when you use the word fluidity in that sense, I mean, you know, I might use the word continuum. I, <laughs> of course, because <laughs> I like that word. But but um, yeah, we all fall somewhere on the continuum in terms of sexuality, and and um, for some some are at the extremes, and and others are more towards the middle, and and. Uh, but you know, I was in terms of statistics, um, bisexuals are even victimized at a higher rate. Um, and in in trying to see why that was, what I found was um, at least what the the thought is is that because bisexuality is seen as a curiosity, um, that bisexual folks are seen as I don't know more promiscuous, easier, and. And uh, so for lesbians, guys think she's going to say yes because she says yes with everyone, and which is just bull. Bull. It just well, shows how little they understand, but, but I think that's a piece of it. But even if they are, even if the lesbians or bisexuals are very sexually active, that is so their own choice. And has nothing to do with anybody else. Well, well, yeah. I mean, how how promiscuous you are is your own business. It's your own darn business whether you're you're straight or 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 uh, lesbian or or bisexual or a gay man. I mean, we all have our own beliefs about that. And absolutely, and you have to be true to yourself. Yep. Okay, so just throwing a couple more out. Homelessness, poverty, yeah, those weren't surprises. But if you're homeless or you're poor, you're at a higher risk. Um, and this is the sad piece that I found that actually was, a, was one of the reasons that, they, that the, the surveys and the, those who research it believe that uh, LGBTQ have higher numbers. Uh, is that the sexual violence is like a dimension of hate. Oh, absolutely. And that is just so yeah. sad, but it, I'm afraid it's true. And it starts very early on, and and I think that pattern gets set in their lives, and then they have a hard time getting out of that pattern. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just... That's just bad. Okay, so I'm done being depressed um, because sexual, you know, sexually assaulting people—that is, that's depressing 
That's just depressing that people do. It's hard to talk about. And I think that's one thing that the Me Too movement has brought about the change in is people are talking about it. And that's how we start change is by talking about things. Well, yes. And by talking about it, we shine the light on it. And and the thing about um, the offenders is they don't care much about having a light shown on them you know they don't they don't like a light shining bright in no. their face um, nope when they're assaulting people so talking about it is a piece of it the other thing about talking about it is it lets those who've been victimized know that they're not alone and and that's healing in and of itself i i would agree with that you know knowing that there's others out there it's hard, but it's also healing. Yeah, yeah, it 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 is, and and just like you said earlier, I mean, um, there's a certain I don't, I don't comfort comfort isn't the word I want, but it's the one I'm going to use. There's a certain comfort that you have with those who have something in common with you. Um, and and just like if you know you're a lesbian couple. You are comfortable, usually, with another lesbian couple. Maybe more comfortable than you would with a straight couple. Well, the same with those who've been victimized. I think there's a comfort in being with someone who really gets your world. I think there's a different language for people who have been assaulted that they understand... And that's the reason other people who have been abused understand the words, the feelings. You know, if you go to somebody who's never had any sexual assault or rape or anything and and you use those words, they don't understand them. I mean, they understand the definition, but they don't understand the feelings behind them. Yeah, they might, they might say, I understand, but they don't even know what. It means, really. Right. They're just being and, and supportive. Th- right. And, and they have empathy, I believe, but they they will never understand the language we use because of the feelings we've had. Because you, it's one of those that it, you had to have the experience in order to know how to feel it. Yeah. and. You know, this is a little off topic, but I'll bet that's true for alcoholics as well. Absolutely. You know, I started drinking at the age of nine and my granddaughter's nine. And it's so unfathomable for me to look at her and think that she could drink at that age. But that's the experience I had. And I am so grateful that that's not her experience. And I will fight to my death to make sure that she doesn't have that experience. Yeah. And that, that, you're a good grandma. And that's mm-hmm. good for you. But, but at the same time, I would imagine when you go to AA, you find other folks who had that experience as children, too. Absolutely. And like I talked earlier, there's a different language for people who have been through uh, addiction or assault or anything like that, because we have 
our words have different meanings than somebody who hasn't had that that issue that, or that experience. That you just can't understand unless it's personal. Exactly. Yeah. You you can you can have empathy for the person but you can't really understand what they feel unless you've had that experience. Yeah. So so there are buku resources out there and yet there aren't enough um, for folks who've had various kinds of um, I don't know violence perpetrated against them um, including sexual violence um, and we'll we'll put I'm not even going to try to to list any of those um, on this part of the podcast but but on the website we'll put uh, a couple links up that will uh, help our listeners find some of those resources. Absolutely. Been a, a sad and uh, but meaningful discussion, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the more we talk about it, the more we get it out there, the more people understand they're not alone. Yep. So while it is difficult to talk about, it needs to be talked about. That's right. Um, that's right. So I guess that's our parting words for the day. You are not alone. So we've come to the end of an episode, and it's time to do what we'll do at the end of each episode. Recommend a book and a movie. So for this week's books and movies, this week we're going to recommend the movie The Accused, starring Jodie Foster. And I haven't seen this movie in a while, but I remember how powerful of a movie it was to watch. And for our books, we're going to do two of K.A.'s books, because not very many authors uh, write about sexual assault. But we're going to recommend Soulmates, and the main character in that book is named Zane, and she was sexually assaulted in high school. And then the other book is Coming to Terms, and this was the very first K.A. book I read, and uh, the main character is a victim of incest, and I could relate to that, and uh, it made me want to read more of K.A.'s books. So, enjoy the week. You've been listening to Coffee Break with K.A. and Dana, meaningful conversations from a lesbian perspective, brought to you by the Lesbian Talk Show. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and visit our website, www.coffeebreakwithkandina.com. Until next week, work hard, be kind to one another, and watch amazing things happen in your corner of the world.